Welcome to the Passionate Pursuit Podcast. Joined by your host, Casey and Alex. Yes! (laughs) Seriously. All right, welcome to the show today, guys. Today we're going to begin the first of a long-going series. And what is that series, might you ask? Well, we have that answer. It's about Noah. Have you heard of him? His name's not Jonah. It's Noah. You know what I like about you? What's that? I've never met anybody who takes such pride in their socks. Dude, it's, so today it's Belega running socks. I got them when I started trying to run the Columbus Half Marathon last year. And then my IT band on my right knee inflamed, so I stopped. But they're super comfy. Stop in the marathon or stop training? Stop training for it. That was uh, an important distinction. Uh, but, I mean, it was... It was, it was good. But yeah, my sock game. Uh, at, it's the best I've ever seen. At work, it's when we sit around the table in the morning meeting, we're all looking at each other's socks. And we say, nice socks. Do you take game. your shoes off? No, it's just everyone's pants, like their ankles show. <laughs> so like you're pointing out nice sock game all morning. So uh, a lot of them are blue. Most of them are blue. I have some cool ones that have little whales on them, which nice. for the longest time I thought I wore at my wedding. So I was treasuring them and then... I looked at a wedding picture and those weren't the socks. So leave it up to me and my semi-poor memory for that. But thank mm. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've noticed it. It's the first thing I noticed about you is this guy's socks is his sock game is it's undeniable. It's on, man. It's not even just good. You can't even argue with it. I can't turn it off. Most <laughs> most people just throw on whatever. I'm the mismatched sock guy. Well, there's something to be said for that, though. Then I'm sure that makes it easier on your wife. You don't have to. She doesn't have to match socks up. She can just throw them in the drawer, and you just. Pretty sure I wore a baby sock to work. <laughs> a baby sock to work one day. It was dark. I couldn't find your any feet, socks. Dude. Your feet are that small. No, they're just super stretchy. Well, I didn't go all the way up the ankle. Oh, like okay. I just got on as far as I could. Oh, I got you. You kind of got stuck around the big toe. Uh, baby sock will cover more toes than you think. Really? Yeah, you're underestimating the power of the baby sock. <laughs> Anyways, we need to get to something more serious. Yeah, we'll get started here. Uh, yeah, so like Alex said, welcome to the Passion and Pursuit Podcast. I am Casey, back again, and Alex is back again, and he's not going anywhere. He's here. Beard and all, he's committed. He's stroking Is my beard game as good as your sock game? Yes, it's better. Cause, no, because no, your beard, it's, it's very, like, I have these weird hairs that stick out, like, under my eyes, like... <laughs> but anyway that's the beauty of a podcast you can't you have to see those weird you don't have to see that it's it's all you wouldn't know about it unless i shared it which i just did so we're really glad you guys are joining us this week today we were talking about noah's call on his life from god and our call from god on our lives this being episode one we're just going we're just going we'll figure out this format as we go but we wanted to get it started. We wanted to start creating something where we could have serious conversations, but not forgetting to laugh and really just enjoy this process and learning and sharing stories that really relate to what not only what we're reading in the Bible for with you know in junction with these podcasts, but also just letting that soak in and not only just creating this podcast and sharing it with you guys so that hopefully your lives are affected, which is absolutely like one of our main top tier, you know, goals of this, but 
we also fully expect it to kind of rock our worlds as well. So I'm pretty excited for that transformation. And I think it will. And I think that with this being the first episode, we, we had the hope and we had the desire and we had the plan to make this not just one episode, but a series of episodes where we explore the depths of Noah's journey and, you know, what we can draw out of scripture about what God called him to do and how he fulfilled God's call in his life and how we can break that down to what his call was. And after, after his call, what was the fulfillment, you know, and the manifestation of what God did call him to do and was he obedient to it? And did he did what, did he do what God called him to do? What was the depth of really what was going on there? Yeah. You know, and, and finally getting to the end of Noah's life and understanding how, how did it end and why did it end the way it did? We, we have this podcast that we're trying to do and we kind of visualize this podcast as Noah's Ark. Like this is the Ark God's <laughs> given us to yeah. build. Yeah. And we're going to build it. Okay. And we want to do it the way Noah did it by fully following everything that God has commanded us to do with it. But we can't let it end on a bad note, yeah. which is kind of how Noah's story ended. So this week we wanted to just, we just wanted to observe the call that God placed on Noah's life. And look at that just from a, you know, just from a high view kind of place and, and take that and use that as the foundation to build our podcast on because we want to launch just like Noah launched and we want to be on a stable foundation and we want to do it knowing that God called us to do it. We don't want to do it because we want to do it. We don't want to do it because others have told us to do it. We want to do it because we feel like God's placed us in our life and we want to be obedient to that. We want to do exactly what he's calling us to do. And that's where we, we get into this conversation of when do you start making your faith your own and start stepping out and doing those things that God's calling you to do and being obedient and living in surrender to him and saying, I'm going to do because you fall, you have fallen so in love with God and his word. You say to yourself, I'm going to do what God's calling me to do. And for us, we kind of just started talking about this podcast idea. And I think we both came to the realization that God kind of converged our lives together for this season for a reason. Yeah. And we felt like this was maybe what God was putting in both of our lives to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the really exciting parts for me where it's one of the moments where you get blindsided by God and he knew it all, all along and that's baffling to me still. But, you know, I, I think back to when I first started co-leading a youth group at a church, it's called Velocity and Alex has been a leader for years and years, plural two, <laughs> two years. And we both kind of lead the same group of guys and we just happened to, it seems really ambiguous looking back on it. Like we just happened to go to this church. We happened to meet, we happened to kind of carpool together because your wife has your car or, you know, my car is being troublesome. And then we just get to talking and that's, you know, you mentioned that you had done a podcast before or, you know, wanted to start one and it never really got off the ground. So then I was like, well, that sounds fantastic because I was just, I'm looking for not only a creative outlet outside of work, but something that I can really dig my teeth into and just be and stay passionate about. And I definitely, you know, I have no doubt this is that thing. Mm-hmm. So pretty stoked about it. Yeah, and I think that's kind of how I felt too. It's and it's not just a creative outlet. It's that creative way to serve God. And obviously, you have a heart to do that. That's why you serve in the church. That's why I serve in the church. And you know, it's awesome to see 
opportunities like this open up where you can, you know, go outside of what you're already doing and try to reach people in new ways. Think about how awesome it would be to just be driving down the road and just, you know, turn on that podcast and say, I want to see what's up with these guys, see where they're at in the word, see where they're at in life, see, you know, how God's working on them. Um, Maybe I can take something out of it too. So I, I have every intention of putting all my heart into this and I don't want it to, I don't want this to just be something that I do just to do. I mean, we're not just doing this to stay busy. We, yeah, to stay busy because <laughs> yeah. we don't have enough craziness in our life. We're doing this because we really feel like it has some value. Yeah, yeah. You're about to have a third kid. You've got plenty to do. My wife's about to have a third kid. You're not about to have any kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very important distinction there that we uh, will not gloss over. So diving right in, I guess my first question is, I, Alex, what if I told you that something crazy was going to happen in the world? How crazy is it? Dude, like crazy, crazy. Like cray cray. Has Hollywood reproduced it? Yes. But not not, not correctly. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's beyond my wildest dreams? It is, uh, it is on par with your wildest dreams. I would ask you if you said, dude, what if I told you something crazy is about to happen? I would probably say everything I just said to you. <laughs> I can't say that's not fair. So what if I said it was something that Hollywood had not recreated? Something that I'd be interested. You'd be interested. Yeah. Have you ever thought about how much like Hollywood has exhausted our imagination? Yeah. It almost makes me not want to imagine things because I figure oh, they'll, they'll think of something. You yeah, know? it is. It's dis- it's kind of It's kind of disappointing to think about the fact that there's not really anything else out there that can trump that, but we have one thing, and it's the Bible. We do. So that will trump Hollywood every time. Transitions. They're, they're, they're a wonderful thing. Yes, they are. <laughs> okay, so you just told me something crazy about to happen. Yeah. All right, yeah. what are, is are you, it? Are you titillated? I am very, yes. <laughs> is that the word? Yes, I am. So what's ha- what's happening? Tell me what's, oh, com- what's coming. So imagine, just, just close your eyes and just put yourself in this. I'll try to use a very relaxing, calming voice. Imagine that you are couple hundred years old there's there's a, there's a plot twist right there a couple hundred years old you're you're wise you're gray uh you can still run so that that'd be kind of cool and imagine that you have you've had a wife for all these years you have a couple of kids they're married you are living you're just I'm there. I got it. You're there. You're there. You're there. You're, there. You're, you're minding your own business is what I was looking to say. I'm there. You're minding I, your own business. Mentally, visually, I'm where you need me to be. So then imagine that God comes to you and says, Noah, spoiler, <laughs> this is Alex. Alex, I, uh, I need you to build an ark because I'm going to flood everything. I would say, what is a flood? First of all. Sure. God, it's a lot of water. Okay, like in the in the ditch. No, like think bigger. Pond, bigger. Ocean, bigger. Earth, yeah. You're gonna flood Earth? Well, why not? <laughs> no okay. small task for God, right? Okay, okay, I'm there. So you, right. t- yeah, I'm there. You so just you're hundreds of years old. You're minding your own business. God comes to you and says, "I need you to build this ark with very specific measurements. Very specific." Mm-hmm. Measured by cubits, which I believe are 18 inches long. Okay. So I think they said generally the length of a forearm. 
I guess it depends on how tall you are. Mm-hmm. I'm 5'5", I'm five, five, so my 5'6". So you're giving me the specific details of something that you want me to build. Yes. Okay, because you're going to flood Earth. Yeah. Okay. Don't you believe me? Yes. Do you? Because you got and I trust you. That's awesome. Okay. But what are you going to do if, you know, I'll tell you right now, not everyone's going to believe you when, when you say that God told you to build an ark. So what do you do if, mm. you know, say your, your best friend neighbor comes up to you and says, what you doing? And you're there hanging off the side of this half-built ark. Like, oh, I'm just building the boat because God's going to flood the world and you're all going to die. You think that's going to be taken well by anyone? Yeah, I see what you're doing. I see the challenges this presents. So basically what you told me was is that you have something that's going to happen in the world. And because of this event that's happening in the world, you need me to prepare. Yeah. And you need me to do something so that your mission can be followed through. It's a very important mission. It sounds like it's one of the most important missions ever given to man. Yeah. And now you're presenting the fact that there's going to be skeptics in my path. Yes. And you're asking me, what am I going to do about it? Insurmountable challenge. Mm -hmm. Almost insurmountable challenge. Skeptics. Mm -hmm. What do you do? If I'm Noah, if I'm Noah, I'm going to choose to follow you. Yeah. And I'm going to choose to follow you to the degree that I'm going to do exactly as you have told me to do. Keep it by keep it. Yeah. I think it's interesting that the Bible details the exact measurements of the ark. Why, why do you say that? Well, I mean, God never just gives you the details um, of your life without, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't just say, go do this thing. Yeah. Uh, figure it out on your own. And I know that as Christians, we struggle so much with like, what does God expect out of me? What, what does God expect out of me? But just like Noah... God gave him the details to build the ark. He's given you the details for your life. Mm-hmm. The problem is not that God has not given you the details. The problem is you choose not to go read the details. Yeah. More than likely, you're just not following God's word. Mm-hmm. He's given you the instructions. Yeah, he's given you the height. It's written he's down. He's given you the width. <laughs> yeah. He's given you the depth of what he's called you to do. We just have, as humans, a failure to understand that that is the, the word of God. He's laid it all out for us. He's told us what to do. Mm-hmm. And... Here we are in this podcast. I think we're starting to put the dimensions together of what God said to do. We both have that heart. And so now, just like Noah got the dimensions to go and build his ark, God's given us the dimensions for our life. And our life is to do exactly as he's called us to do. And God has called us to go and preach the gospel, go and edify people. He tells us that in Mark. He tells us that in Matthew, to go and do these things. Mm-hmm. Now, when he told God, or when God told Noah to do what he told him to do. Yeah. The Bible says that Noah did all that he was commanded to do in chapter six and verse 22 of Genesis. Is that going to be our life? Are we going to use this podcast to do exactly as God called us to do? I mean, God's left us with the creativity and the leverage to format it however we want to. Mm-hmm. But the purpose has been detailed out for us is to reach people, Yeah, right? To reach the lost, to reach the saved, to, to, to reach the lost with the gospel, to reach the saved by edifying them and discipling them. Yeah. And I, I think to, I guess build off of what what all you just said, which was a lot, but I mean, it's I, I can't help but see those parallels between you know Noah's call and our call doing this. I think part of what part of what if I'm jumping back up to a higher level for a second, as I'm reading stories in the Bible like this, to be honest, part of it part of it gets lost on me. Um, 
between maybe like I'm not as focused as I want to be or I'm reading it and I just think, oh, that was a long time ago. Like kind of that lack of relatability really, I guess, doesn't like build a wall up in my mind to like fully grasp the situation. But sometimes that's, that's how it feels. It feels like I can read, you know, I can read that God says he's going to, you know, build an ark out of gopher wood and that. You know, Genesis chapter 6, 17 says, And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth and destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. So he comes right out and tells Noah what he's going to do. And he tells Noah why he's going to do it. Because he says that the earth is so ferociously sinful that he, he just really, he's... Uh, what's the word that he uses? So in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, God says that he saw man's intentions and their thoughts of the heart and that they were continuously wicked, so he regretted creating humanity. To me, that's, you know, when I sit and think about that for a minute, that's just so... It almost makes me feel bad, you know, for any sin that, you know, for all the sin that I have. It's, oh, like, God hates sin so much that at one point he decided that it'd be better to destroy 99.999% of the population of the planet than to keep us alive. Like, he regretted creating us. And I, by no means do I think that, that you know, that they. God right there was admitting, oh, it was a mistake to create us. Not at all. Like God doesn't make mistakes. He he knew from before time even began that that this was going to happen. But that doesn't stop the sorrow in his heart from coming out in this verse. So to me, that that really speaks to you know he God's calling Noah to build this ark to basically just hit the reset button. And I think God's calling us as well not to hit a reset button, but really just to I guess take a pulse check it kind of where we are too in, in our, you know, in our journeys of faith and really almost aligning us on, like you said, like on the purpose that he has for our lives. And I, I think that's where this, this story really starts to kind of hit home for me. Yeah. I want to go back to something that you said when you started talking about how you're going back to the Old Testament and you're starting to read these stories and you're trying to read or you're starting to find parallels into your life or you're trying to read parallels into your life. And something that for me, man, when when my relationship with the word of God really started to grow and change was when I understood this idea that the Old Testament is the picture book of the New Testament. And the New Testament is the explanation of the Old Testament. So to get a complete understanding of the Old Testament, you have to have the New Testament in scope. Yeah. And to have the New Testament completely understand, you have to have the Old Testament in scope. And I want to share a verse with you and the listeners that, I mean, dude, this is a verse that most people probably just read past and don't even really think about it. Mm -hmm. This is probably one of the most important verses in all of the Bible to help you understand from Genesis to Revelation, what you're holding in your hands. Read away, my brother. Luke 24, 27 says, and this is speaking of Jesus, in beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. But we don't see the name Jesus from Genesis all the way up to Malachi. There's no name of Jesus. But how, how can he take his disciples back to the Old Testament? He says he took them back to Moses. He took them back to the prophets and expounded all the things concerning himself. 
and it makes it very interesting when you start looking at the Old Testament from that kind of lens and going, well, where was Jesus in the Old Testament? I mean, really, how can you figure this all out? So if you looked at the story of Noah just in general and said, okay, where's Jesus at in this story? Yeah, We, we clearly see Jesus in the story with Abraham taking Isaac up to sacrifice him. Yeah. And remember, God's testing Abraham's faith. He's testing his faith to see if he would follow God's commandment. Mm-hmm. And Abraham follows. Yeah. And he has Abraham or he has Isaac bound up and he's ready to sacrifice him. And God stops him as he's about to do it. Mm-hmm. And God says, I will provide myself a lamb. And that's when Abraham looks over in the thorn bush and he sees the ram in the thicket. And this is a picture of Christ in the Old Testament. These are the types of things that we see uh, in the Old Testament all over the place that now we understand the verse in Luke 24 where we're going back and go, oh, okay, th- it was that. So Jesus would have taken them to that story and said, see, this is God saying, I'll provide myself a sacrifice. Here's the la- the ram caught in the thorn bush. You know, you don't have to be a genius to put those together. Mm. So what is it about Noah's story where we can read Christ into that? Where, where is this manifestation of Christ in the Old Testament with the story of Noah? And I think it's the ark. I mean, this is the, this is the means in which we're going to use to save humanity, which is what Jesus did for us at Calvary. Mm. He was... He was saving mankind. He was reconciling himself, reconciling the world back to himself through the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. So here in Noah's story, we have that same picture of mankind being saved, even though humanity is being destroyed in a sense. But Noah in the ark is that picture of salvation in the Old Testament in a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a that's a way that I had never really thought about that before, you know, where, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm pulling in that part of Genesis chapter six, where God says that, that he found, that he found favor in Noah. So that's why Noah was chosen. That's why Noah and his wife and his three sons and their, and their wives were chosen um, as really the, the sole survivors on this ark. So, so to me, I'm drawing that, that parallel of if we're looking at, you know, evidence of Jesus in this, in this story, like absolutely the ark. And then anyone who believes in him and puts his trust in him, then he's going to be rescued. You know, Jesus isn't going to, you know, once, once you're saved, you're always saved. So I I think that's a really good, like when God said that he found favor with Noah, then Noah's on this ark. That's just a really awesome picture to me of Jesus carrying Noah through the storm and through this this tribulation. That no matter what God is, you know, doing in the world, you know, however much sin and wickedness there is, that Jesus will deliver anyone who, you know, professes His name and believes in Him. So I think that's a really cool picture that you just shared. So thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. And you know what? I think you just actually hit the nail on the head when we talk about these Old Testament stories that help us understand the New Testament better. We're taking Noah's story, for example, and his call that God placed in his life. He was saving humanity in the general sense. Mm -hmm. Even though humanity was dying, he was going to be the seed that humanity would come from. Long view. (laughs) We look at the ark that Noah built as this is the device that God's going to use to save mankind. So Mm -hmm. man goes onto this boat and they're trusting in that boat to keep them alive. And when that boat lands, they're supposed to, because now the fulfillment of them being saved has happened, they're supposed to go out and replenish the earth. Mm -hmm. Just like us, we're placing our faith in Christ's crucifixion on the cross. And once we have through faith accepted, that and now you know the waters of sin have 
receded in our life, we're to go replenish the earth by replenishing the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And it was Noah's faith that saved him. We've learned that from Hebrews chapter 11, because it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, by faith, Noah, having been warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. That's what Jesus did, man. He, he saved his house. He saved mankind back, yeah. back to himself through the work on the cross. It was God's 3,000-year uh, plan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> however, however you want to look at that. Right. It's just really – so really to bring it, bring it full circle, that's how that's how the Bible kind of got unlocked for me from mm-hmm. a more uh, beginning to finish type of thing is – even without that verse, the Old Testament's value. Yeah. In Luke, I'm talking about that verse. The Old Testament's valuable because it gives us the history and everything we need to know leading up to the New Testament, and there's valuable stories in it. But when you start to understand that deeper layer of Scripture, and you start to understand that Jesus is in every word, mm-hmm. and now when you're reading through the first chapter of Genesis, you're hanging on every word. Yeah, it, it almost feels like there's like a fresh breath of life breathed into those words. Because I know growing up for me, it was, okay, the New Testament seems much easier to read, much easier to understand. It's, it doesn't seem as abstract as the, a lot of the Old Testament is. And, it, you know, a lot. I'll go back to the relatability factor for me. That seems to be a, a nail I hang my hat on a lot. So as, you know, as we go through these stories and learn and grow and start to dig into that deeper level and really just pray for understanding about that. That's where, like you said, that's where that really starts to hit home for me and makes those stories something that just feel fresh and feel like, no, I don't have to breathe through numbers. Like I, I can breathe through numbers. (laughs) I can still breathe through numbers. Like I, you know, that almost gives me a newfound sense of, I guess, courage could be the word that I'm using to go back into those books and revisit that and really trust that, that God will place those words on my heart as I'm reading through those stories. So I think that's, that's something that I'm excited to do as we go from story to story in the Bible here. And this isn't like a storybook Bible podcast by any means. We're going to branch out and do, you know, quite a few, quite a few different types of things here, but we really wanted to, like we've said, start off with the story of Noah and just draw those parallels between God's call on his life and God's call on our life. I think there are quite a few quite a few areas there that, you know, speak to me and that definitely means a lot. Yeah. I and I I'm glad that you uh I'm glad that you said what you said because this isn't Bible study time, but I think there's always a time to study the Bible. There's never not enough time to study the that's, Bible. That's a really good way to put it. Right. And this podcast is going to do a lot of different things. And something else that you said I think is really key is, man, with this podcast, we have the freedom and the space to do this all the time. Yeah. And so if we were to just use that verse in Luke 24 as you know our precedence, and we just started from Genesis 1 and worked all the way up to the end of Malachi, think about the depth of understanding we'd have of Christ. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and now maybe you go pick up a book in the Old Testament and just go, hmm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read this book and just yeah. see if I can pick up on any of these parallels. Absolutely. For instance, mm-hmm. and we'll just leave this as a cliffhanger and we'll challenge, we'll just let the listeners go and check this out <laughs> and just read it for yourself and see if this isn't challenge crazy. Accepted. The, the, the book of Joshua, I the Hebrew that. word Joshua is the Greek word Jesus. 
Yeah. Okay, so if there was a book in your Old Testament called Jesus, maybe would it have a little bit more weight to it? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so and what did Joshua do? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell the story. I think I'm going to let God tell the story. But if people want to just pick up the book and go, okay, so who is Joshua really representing? Mm -hmm. I understand the historical application of that and who Joshua was and what was going on in the book of Joshua. But maybe if we look at that more doctrinal application of What's really happening with Joshua? Yeah. Maybe it'll give us a deeper understanding of who Jesus really was. Yeah, I definitely don't doubt that at all. I think that's a uh, candidate for our next, not our next podcast. We're going to hit Jonah. Not Jonah. I keep saying Jonah. Yeah, I love that story. Remember, above the above water. Above the water. Not <laughs> Noah's above. That'd be a different story if Noah was under the water. Noah's above the water. Jonah's below. Don't worry. We've got this straight. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning into the Passion and Pursuit podcast. Uh, we will have a website up at some point with these podcasts, but check us out on iTunes, probably SoundCloud as well, but iTunes for sure. And we, I don't know, I'm just, I'm crazy excited for this. Can you put pictures on the website? Yeah, yeah. Can we put pictures of your socks? We can, we can put pictures of my socks on the website. We I think can. we should. I mean, people need to know. I think that's important for people the People need to know. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. I'm not very reliable, but I do know when somebody has good socks. I think we should share that with the world. We can do that. We can do that. Okay. I'd be excited to do that. Awesome, man. Well, uh, until next time, thanks for thanks for joining me, Alex. Hey, hey. thanks for joining me, Casey. And all, to all our listeners, seriously, thanks for thanks for listening to this and taking time out of your day to listen to us banter and have fun. We've really appreciated it. Have a good week. Peace. <laughs>